Welcome to another message of hope from Gateway Family Church. For more information or to contact us, please visit gateway.asn.au. It is so good to be at youth tonight. Aren't we, uh, aren't we so lucky to have such an incredible youth band? Um, and, and a special shout out tonight, um, Claire is worship leading for the first time, so make some noise for Claire. Ah, such a great night. You know, I'm so excited tonight. I have the, um, the honour and privilege of introducing our speaker for tonight. Um, this person is, is a very good friend of mine. Um, someone who, who has um, been around youth for a very, very long time, um, is so incredibly wise. Um, Delaney actually described her in the leaders' meeting as Superwoman, who I um, completely agree. Um, has an, a very, um, an incredible message um, planned for you tonight. Um, so would you make some noise and, and make sure that you um, pay special attention to what she has to say tonight um, and give it up for Tree Burgess. There's all my notes. How's it going? Hey, well, thanks, Chris. That was like one hell of an introduction. And now I feel like I hope I don't let you down. I am, uh, in fact, not Superwoman. I am married to Challenge Man, though. Has any? Well, did anyone grow up in God's Zone and remember Josh's Challenge Man? Yeah. What's that? Challenge Woman. I did do that one time. And you know what? The only thing that I won was a burping competition. <laughs> it was cha- Challenge Man versus Challenge Woman. And I smashed Josh in the burping competition. It's the proudest moment of my life, apart from my three children and getting married and stuff. Um, hi. <laughs> that was a really big segue. I wasn't going to go into that. I'm Tree. Um, tonight we're continuing. We've been doing um, the series that we're doing at church um, at Gateway, which is um, called Jesus the Game Changer. Uh, and the last, last one you talked, uh, sorry, last, I think we're going to say last week, last fortnight, um, Dree spoke to you guys about Jesus. And tonight I'm going to talk to you guys about how Jesus was a game changer for equality. But first I just want to tell you a little story. And it was from just after Josh and I got married. So it was about probably uh, eight, nine years ago or something like that. We'd just, you know, scrimped and saved to, to buy a little unit. So we had a mortgage. I was fresh out of uni, so I didn't have a job yet. Josh was like just out of his apprenticeship. So we were pretty, we did not have a lot of spare cashola. We were pretty tight. But we actually got paid for to go to Europe, right? We got to go on this, on this awesome trip to Europe for free. I didn't even have to pay, for, we didn't have to pay for accommodation or anything. It was amazing. So we had a great time. I'm not going to tell you about that. Don't have time tonight. On the way home, we were getting our flight, and I don't know if you've noticed, it's fairly obvious, I have excessively long legs. And so flying for me, especially like, a tw- like it's 20 hours or something, it's not amazing. So I, I asked, I said, you know, it, would it be possible for me to have an exit seat so I can stretch my legs out a little bit and I'm not like, because otherwise it's like this. This is how I sit for 12 hours. Um, so she was like, yeah, you know, that's fine. She did that thing, got on the plane had my leg room, it was awesome. And because we were in the exit seat, the flight attendant was sitting across from us. So we got chatting with her and, you know, like got to know her a little bit over, because it's 12 hours for the first leg of the flight. It's decently long. It's enough time to get to know someone. Anyway, so she was really lovely. She was like, oh, I'll check your tickets for the next leg of the flight to make sure you've got the exit seat for that as well, because she saw my excessively long legs. Um, And she looked at them, she's like, nah, they haven't given you one. She's like, here's what you do. You go to the like to the help desk as soon as you get off the plane. She's like, be really rude and really direct and just say, I was told I was going to get an exit seat and I didn't and I'm really upset about it. And like I don't, anyone who knows me, like I'm not doing that. I cannot be rude or 
like anything like that but I was like okay I'll, we'll, go, we'll, we'll go talk so I just went up and I was very pleasant and I was like oh look you know I was told I was going to get um, you know an exit seat for the whole thing I've got really long legs is there anything you could do and he was like oh this is him typing right? sorry I don't I don't have any exit seats together and then there was like that little pause and just as I was about to say oh well and like continue on because I was like I wasn't that invested he was like oh I've got two business class seats next next to each other would that be okay and in my head I'm like but I was very cool and calm. I was like, yep, that'll be fine. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And so Josh and I like looking at each other <laughs> and waited until and we, he gave us the things. And we're like, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yep, that's lovely. And walked around the corner, keeping our cool and just, and then got around the corner and we were like, ah, oh my gosh, we're in our business class. Because we've never been on business class and we could not afford to go business class. And we went in the business class lounge. Do you know what they have in the business class lounge? Everything. Everything you could ever want. <laughs> free food, free drinks moisturizer if you want to moisturize your hands sitting at a lovely table so I took my rings off moisturized my hands while eating my free food feeling like very important and so much so that we almost missed our flight because we were having such a great time in the business class lounge and realized oh my gosh our flight's like we're gonna run so we ran to to get on the plane got on the plane was greeted very nicely here you go madam you go to business class now and I walked in thank you and they gave me that glass of the very expensive French champagne and I was like oh thank you thank you very much feeling very special sat in my and I was the front row of the business class so it was like just I could literally do this and I'm not exaggerating I just stretched my legs out oh felt good sat down realized I left my rings in the business class lounge my engagement ring the ring I got for my 21st from my parents all of my rings in the business class lounge and so that joy turned to tears <laughs> sobbing and sad and um anyway they were beautiful they were like oh we'll go and have a look we'll send someone there we'll make sure that they'll bring me things bring me chocolates we had an eye mask and all these things it was so good <laughs> I want to fly business. now we fly Jetstar and they make you pay for everything and it's rubbish oh, it ruined me for flying anyway the point was they got the rings they sent them back I got treated so well I was treated very much better than I would have been if I was in economy. If I'd left my rings in like the lounge for economy, which isn't a lounge, it's just seats, uh, I don't think they would have been so careful and so worried to go and get it. They treated me better because I was in business class. I mean, they didn't know that I didn't pay for it. So it was sweet. But what I want to say tonight is that God doesn't do class systems. He doesn't care if you're in business class, if you're in economy, if you're in first class, if you can't even afford to fly or if you have a private jet. He does not care. He doesn't do class systems. He values you all equally. And that is what I want to talk about tonight. And that is how Jesus lived. That is what he showed the whole time that he was on this earth. Now, I, like, I think probably most of us would say that, you know, like as a society, we agree that equality is an important thing, that all people should be treated equally. And would you agree? Is there, I don't think there'd be anyone in this room who'd be like, mm, don't think so. And like... That's generally accepted in society. I mean, I know our society, we still have a lot, a long way to go because there's still, I think it's like, it's something that we aim for and we aspire to and we say, but you know, the fact that slavery and poverty exists shows that that's not actually, we're not attaining that yet. But I would, um, I would go to say that equality is an ideal that we aim for, but often fail to live out both personally and as a society. But like, you kind of think, yeah, well, of course I think that. And we've always 
like society's always thought that like that's that's just common humanity isn't it like that's just basic decency to think that all people and I know there's been people in the past that have had ideas and stu- like done like crazy things like Hitler and um, and with the apartheid and stuff but the general society has recognized no no that's not right we are all meant to be equal we shouldn't be treating people that way but did you know that like that's not actually the case actually back in the Greco-Roman world I'm going to get a bit historical here this is when Jesus was alive the common belief was not that all people were equal it was kind of that you were born into where you deserve to be in fact have you all heard of Aristotle like he's that famous philosopher guy I thought he was a famous philosopher because he had good ideas but apparently not because he believed and he taught that like if you were born a slave it was because you were subhuman so slaves weren't actually human they were sort of like a subpar human kind of equal to animals he in fact used the phrase like they're basically their purpose on life is to be living tools that were there to serve the purpose of their masters and if you were rich you were meant to be rich and treat them like living tools I'm sorry, but I think Aristotle's a living tool. Just, just putting it out there. <laughs> I'm not doing 10. Um, so, and like, so that's bad enough, right? He was a massive philosopher at the time. This is what he's teaching people. And even the religious people at the time, like the guys who were running the synagogues, who were supposed to be teaching, you know, godly things, they were the same. They were like, well, you know, we believe that we're better than the Gentiles, who were the non-Jews at the time. Like, we're better than you guys because we're Jews and you're not. And, you know, they believed that women were, were subpar, subhuman, or not necessarily subhuman, but just of no value whatsoever. And they believed that slavery was totally okay. And so this is where, this is the society that Jesus enters into. Jesus, the game changer. This is what he's coming into. And he came in and taught the complete opposite of that. He taught equality. He taught that God values every single person equally. That there's no like there's no hierarchy of goodness. There's no there's no you're better than because of this and you're better because of that. He just taught equality. In fact, he used this um what's called a parable, which is just like a, a story, to show how God feels about his people. And he said, um, you know, God is like the shepherd who has a hundred sheep and he's got his hundred sheep and one wanders off. And in that society the one who wandered off, they would be like, well, it deserves to die because it was dumb enough to wander off or that one doesn't matter, don't worry about it. But Jesus said, no, God is like the shepherd who leaves the 99 and we sing that in that, in that song in Reckless Love. He left the 99 to go and chase after the one because the one matters to God. The one who you might feel like you're the only one that, know, like that you don't matter to anyone, you matter to God. And that is what Jesus taught. And you know what? He didn't just teach it, he actually lived it out. He treated women as equals in a society that treated them like scum. He taught women when it was illegal to do so. Um, he, he touched lepers. Now, lepers were like people who had leprosy, and which was a really very f- visual and, and very contagious and horrible disease. Like, they weren't even allowed to inside the city gates at the time, like, let alone to be touched. They weren't allowed near people. And if you touched a leper, you were considered unclean yourself and you had to be gone. He not only touched the lepers, he healed them. And he treated them like equals and he treated them like people and not outcasts. He had dinner. He ate at the table with tax collectors who were like the scum of the earth at the time and prostitutes. If you can imagine how degraded women were, prostitutes were a whole another level of that. And he made a seat for them at his table. He treated them like friends and he treated them like equals when everyone else treated them like scum. Jesus cared about people and about all people. And he made sure that everybody knew it. Because of Jesus' life and his teaching, the game changed and the old barriers that were created by the philosophers and the religious people at the time were broken down. 
a little bit later after Jesus had, um, like probably I think about four, 400 years after he had died, this was written in, in, in the Bible. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. There is neither male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's what Jesus did. He took down the labels and the barriers and the levels, the classes, and he made sure that people were treated equally. And Jesus' teaching kind of, it shaped the way that society thinks, the way that people thinks. Every, you think about every um, human rights movement that's happened in history, that was shaped by Jesus' teaching. Our, our like, idea that we think that all people should be treated equally, that was shaped by Jesus' teaching. That was not believed before he came. So why did he believe that? Was this like a new idea that he, he and God had and went, oh, that's a cool idea, let's do that? No, that was the plan all along. We just missed it. If you go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, like when God created everything, it says that he created people in his image. It says man and woman, he created them. And in his own image. What that means is that all of humanity, every person thereafter, has the stamp of God on them. That all through the Bible and all through Jesus' teachings, there is the idea that you are of worth because you were created by God and you reflect God's image. Now, I need you to hear this because it can be one of those things that you say and you just sort of like, oh, that's nice. That is nice. No, it's really important for you to know that. And I think there's people in this room who desperately need to hear this and let it sink in that you are of worth because you were created by God and you reflect his image. That is no small thing. It means that even in the society that we live in, that, you know, we live in a place, a society that doesn't really treat people equally as much as we like to think that we do. You know, you, you guys go to high school. That can be a tough place. High school does not treat people equally. But God values every one of you equally. And it's not because of what you've done or who you know or how many likes you have on Facebook or how many followers you have on Instagram or, or what family you were born into. It's got absolutely nothing to do with anything you've done or anything you will do. It is because he made you and he loves you. And I think that is just really exciting. You know, you might think at school, well, you know, the popular kids are, are more valued than I am. Like, I, they barely even look my way. No one shows me any value. But God values you. You might think, you know what, I fail at every exam that I take. I never get my assignments in on time. And that person over there gets an A plus every time. They're an A plus and I'm a big old F. God values you equally. You know, sometimes it's easy to look at celebrities' lives and be like, oh, they're so rich, they have so many things, they're so famous. But God doesn't value them any more than they value, he values you. The world might, but God doesn't. It's, um, the world values different things to what God values. And you guys need to remember that and to let that sink into you. And as I um, call up the band, I just want to just say one final thing and make this clear, is that equality doesn't mean conformity or uniformity. It doesn't mean just because we are all equally valued, it doesn't mean that we are the same or that we have to be the same. In fact, it kind of works the opposite because God created each one of us to be unique for that very reason. Because even though we all carry the image of God, he is a, a lot bigger than just like, say, maybe five stamps of, oh, well, you can be this type of person, you can be that type of person and that one. No, God m values um, difference. He values the unique. And you think about anything, even in society, it's weird because we, uh, you know, in high school, if you're different, you get treated badly. But you think about art, you think about any collectibles, the rarer 
it is, the more valuable it is. If this art, you know, if this photograph is the only print that's ever been printed, it will go for a lot more money than this one at Kmart that gets mass produced, you know, a bajillion times over. The rare things in life are valuable because they are rare. And if you think about that, the other thing is that, you know, if you're, if you're trying to buy a painting, say, um, you want to buy the Mona Lisa, that's valuable, A, because it's rare, but B, because of who made it, who painted that. And that's the thing with God is you are valuable because of who made you and because he only made one. You have to know that you are a unique and precious one-off. You are a limited edition. There was only ever one of you printed and they broke the mold after that. You are different to anyone else in this world and that is a good thing, even if people don't treat you that way at the moment. You are valuable because there is no one on earth like you, even if you're a twin. No two twins are even are exactly the same. They might look the same, but they're different people. They have different fingerprints because God has made each of us unique. You matter to God. And I really think that there is at least one person, but I reckon there's a few people in this room who needs to hear this tonight, who feels like everywhere in their world, they are not valued, who feels like there is no one who really sees them or who understands them or who, who places value on them. But God does. He values each and every one of you. He made you in his image, but he made you unique and special. And there is nobody like you, and that makes you incredibly, incredibly valuable. So I want you to walk out of this room tonight later on just reminding yourself when people treat you like rubbish or if you're just having a rubbish day or if you have previously thought that no one cared or that being different was a bad thing, I want you to know and walk out of this room with your head held high knowing, no, no, I am valuable because I am made in the image of God and I am unique. So I want you to know that and that's what Jesus came to this earth to show, that we are all equally valued and the one matters. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this message from Gateway Family Church. We hope you join us again for another great message next week. For more information or to contact us, head to gateway.asn.au.